Bible, turn anywhere you want to, it's all good. It really is, isn't it? And I love the Word of God, I sure do. John chapter 4, I want you to look there with me for a few minutes tonight. John chapter number 4, and I trust the Lord will use these thoughts to speak to our hearts tonight. And I tried to meditate during the day. Pastor Gravely asked me uh, sometime yesterday or today one about preaching tonight. And uh, I don't want to just get up and open the Bible and give you an outline. I want to give you what I feel God has put in our heart. And uh, I want to be a real blessing to you tonight. And I trust God will use his word to speak to our hearts tonight. It is a real joy to be back at Bible Baptist Church. I like coming to church here because you go to church. Amen. Listen, everywhere I go, they don't go to church. And uh, I like it when you go to church. I sure do. You say, does it bother you? It bothers me when you don't. Amen. And I appreciate the good grace of God. I sure do tonight. And, uh, and by the way, you know this, but I want to remind you this evening, you better be thankful for what you've got right here. Because it's not that way everywhere across this country. And uh, I'll promise you that. And I appreciate the grace of God. Good spirit of God in the service tonight. Man, what a great crowd on Wednesday night. We've got something under 900 tonight. And uh, good, good to see this good number of church tonight. And good to be in the house of God. How about that youth choir? Hey, man, that's great. And then these guys doing a good job singing tonight. Good to be here and good to be in the service tonight. I'm humbled to preach behind this pulpit again after this good man of God. I hope you know what a great man of God God has given you here at Bible. And, uh, and I, I love him tonight. I love hearing him preach when he's down in our area. When I'm not in a meeting somewhere, I always try to go hear it. And uh, I love hearing your man of God preach. And uh, aren't you glad you got a preacher that somebody else wants to hear? Amen. Amen. I appreciate him tonight. I sure do. And it's my joy to be here and be with you in service tonight. Let's stand together, please. <clears throat> Come on. Give me plenty of volume. I've got hope of hope. All right, that uh, I hate to hear preachers complain, don't y'all? Had a sinus infection last week, and that bothered me. And uh, I'm I'm okay. I'm not going to give you anything, so don't worry about anything. But uh, do pray for me tonight. I want to have a word of prayer with you, and I'm going to let you sit down. And sometime between now and nine o'clock, I'm going to read a text, okay? And uh, now I'm not going to be that long. I'm not. Father, I pray help us tonight. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a help tonight. I realize tonight if I'm going to be that, it'd be because you helped me tonight. And I pray the Spirit of God will touch us tonight. Lord, may you use us tonight in an unusual way. Lord, you know my need better than I do myself. And I pray the Holy Ghost tonight. God will take the Word of God and work in our hearts again tonight. I want to help your people. And the only way I can help them is, Lord, you help me tonight. And I pray you'll touch us. Touch my throat, my vocal cords tonight. Fill us with the Holy Ghost again tonight, God, for the glory of God. Most of all, face somebody who lost tonight. I pray this to be the night they'll get saved by the good grace of God. And may all the will of God be done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for sending you and be seated. I'll read in just a minute. Of the Gospels, of all four Gospels tonight, the Gospel of John is my favorite Gospel. I love preaching out of the Gospel of John. When you come to the Gospel of John tonight, you'll find it's got a lot of good one-word text found in it. Did I say that right? One-word text. For instance, you'll find the word must comes up quite often. 
It talks about you must be born again. It talks about uh, 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 he must be lifted up. It talks about he must be he must increase. Talks about he must need to go through Samaria. Talks about he must we must worship. We must work. He must rise again. It's got a lot of good one word text that can be traced to the Gospel of John tonight. And when you study the Gospel of John tonight, I thought it's interesting when I studied this some time ago. Chapter three and chapter four has some uh, tremendous uh, contrast when you said it tonight. Chapter number three, it talks about a woman. Chapter chapter three, it talks about a man. Chapter four, it talks about a woman. Chapter three, it talks about Nicodemus. Chapter four, it talks about a woman that doesn't have a name. Chapter three, it talks about a man of high ranking. Chapter four, it talks about a woman of low degree. Chapter three, if you study it, it talks about a man that was favored by the Jews. Chapter four, it talks about a woman that's hated by the Jews. Chapter three, if you study it, uh, uh, there's, uh, uh, chapter three, there's a man that's seeking after Christ. But in chapter four, of Christ is seeking after a woman. <laughs> Are you listening? Chapter three, if you study it, there's a man that come by night. Chapter four, there's a man, as uh, a woman that come by day. Now I'll just say this tonight. I'm glad Jesus loves sinners tonight. I don't care who they are. Thank God how Jesus loves sinners tonight. Look in chapter number four with me, if you will, please. Bible said in chapter four, verse number one, when, uh, uh, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Uh, now cometh, uh, and cometh uh, verse number five, how uh, then cometh he to a city called Samaria, how uh, which is called Sychar near the partial ground, how uh, that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus therefore being weary with his journey had sat there on the well and it was about the sixth hour. I want to say this tonight. I'm glad the Bible records that right there. The Bible said there in that verse there, had Jesus been weary on his journey, He's a God man. He's man in that he thirsted, but he's God in that he gave the artesian well. Yes, sir. I like that. Look at verse 7. Had then come a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples had gone to Burger King. <laughs> yeah, they had gone to the city by me. Look at verse number 9. How, then the woman of Samaria said unto him, How? She don't understand this. How is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me, how which is a woman of Samaria? How for the Jews has no dealing with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Hath thou knewest the gift of God? And who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink? How thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Look at verse 13. And Jesus answered and said, said unto her, Whosoever drank of this water, shall thirst again. But whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up. I like it. Under everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come to draw. And Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. She don't know who she's talking to. 
thou hast no husband. He said, thou hast well said thou hast no husband, but thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou, thou hast is not, uh, let's read the verse right, uh, verse 18, uh, for though uh, thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou hast now uh, thou is not thy husband. I want to talk to you tonight out of these verses tonight. Notice again in verse number four. Bible said in verse number four, I must need, that piece of paper driving me crazy, stuck on my foot, and every time I look down, I see it. Notice in verse number four. Bible said in verse number four, I must needs go see Samaria. I want to preach tonight on this thought. Where is your Samaria tonight? When you come to John chapter 4 tonight, this has been labeled as the, uh, the bed woman of Samaria. It's also been labeled as the bed woman that become a soul winner. And she certainly did become a soul winner. And when you come to John chapter 4 tonight, you'll find that Jesus got a plan. Uh, there's a person involved. And thank God there's a purpose in mind. And the purpose is, is to see this woman get saved by the grace of God. Let me ask you this question tonight. What is the purpose of the church on planet earth tonight? Well, what is our, what's the purpose of us being here? I, I love shouting. I love running the aisle. I, I love all that. I enjoy that. That's a good thing to do. But uh, at the end of the day, what's our purpose tonight? I've been here on planet earth tonight. Notice again in verse number four. Jesus said, I must needs. I preached that for years and did not preach it right. It does not say I must need go through Samaria. It says, it's got an S on it. Are y'all with me? He said, I must needs go through Samaria. Thank God there was a need in Samaria and more than one need there. And again, let me say this now. I'm glad Jesus cares about sinners. Oh, yes, sir. Bible said that he come to seek and to save that which is lost, amen. Aren't you glad he come by your way one day? Hey, aren't you glad, thank God, he come out your house one day and sought you out? Oh, yes, sir. And uh, I want to walk down through this with you tonight and uh, give you a little thought out here tonight. And, and again, let me say this again. Jesus loves sinners. If Jesus come to Rossville, Georgia tonight, or Chattanooga, Tennessee, it probably would surprise you where he would go. Right. <laughs> He'd say, well, he'd come to Bible Baptist. Well, he probably would. But I'll tell you where you'll probably find him. Down there on the street corner. Down there on the Megiddo. Hey, down there where nobody else would go. I'm glad, hallelujah, he comes for sinners tonight. I don't care who they are. Are you listening to me? And, 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 and he loves sinners tonight. I mean that with all my heart. And can I just say this? The older I get, and right now I'm the oldest I've ever been, and the older I get, the more I want to see people get saved. I get more excited now about folk getting saved than I ever have in my life. Oh, I love seeing folk get saved by the grace of God. Notice in this text we've been now. First of all, I will say we must need to go through Samaria. I'll say first of all, he goes to an unreached people. He goes to an unreached people. <laughs> Bible said they that are whole don't need a physician, but those that are sick and those that are lost. And uh, it doesn't matter about their heritage. It doesn't matter about their background. 
I'm telling you this afternoon, he cares about those that are unleashed tonight. Are you listening? He said, I must needs go through Samaria. Now, you know this, but let me give it to you. If you study your Bible, you'll find from <laughs> Judea to Galilee, you go straight north. And there were three ways to get to Galilee from there. How there's a way go around this way, around this way. But the shortcut was right through the middle of Samaria. Jesus said, I must needs. Those Jews would never do that. They would sidetrack it. They'd go the long way around. They would never be identified with that bunch of Samaritans. I'm glad, thank God, Jesus goes to the unreached tonight. Those that nobody else to go to, that's who he would go to. He went to the unreached tonight. And again, those Jews would never stoop to even do anything or say hello to a Samaritan. But the Bible said that Jesus meant alive. Are y'all hearing me? How the unreached, those that nobody cared anything about. Those that nobody else would go to. That's who he went to. Notice something else in this text. He didn't only go to the unreached. But I'll say tonight he goes to the unloved. The unloved. Just say, what are you talking about? Well, he had a divine appointment to go right through Samaria. And he goes to those that are unloved tonight. These Samaritans tonight, they had intermarried. They were half-breed. And they was hated by the Jews. Matter of fact, you know this? Those Pharisees actually prayed that the Samaritans will not rise in the resurrection. How about that? They hated them. And they actually prayed the prayer that the Samaritans will not rise in the resurrection. If you study your Bible in 1722 B.C., You'll find that those Israelites intermarried with the Assyrians and produced a half-breed which is called Samaritans. And, uh, and friend, I want to tell you, they was hated by the Jews. I'm glad Jesus loves them tonight. It doesn't matter who they are. He loves you and love tonight. You know what those Pharisees did? They said they had rather eat the flesh of a swine than to eat bread with a, with, with a Samaritan. I'm talking about a crowd that's unloved. I'm talking about a crowd that nobody else had anything to do with. Thank God Jesus had something to do with them. Think about what I just said. They said, they'd rather eat the flesh of a swine. I'm talking about a Jew. They'd rather eat the flesh of a swine. How they eat bread with those Samaritans. Matter of fact, when the Pharisees wanted to get back at the Lord, John chapter 8, they called him a Samaritan. And may I say this to you tonight, Jesus didn't only go to unreached, but he goes to the unloved tonight. I'll say, thank God somebody come down to my house one day. I'm glad somebody loved me one day. And then we'll forget this. Oh, let me just say this real quick. My first church, I didn't pastor it. I stayed down three years, but I didn't pastor it. They didn't want to pastor it. And... Uh, now, I did real good. When I went there, we had just about enough people to fill a telephone booth. Y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, some of you older people do. And uh, I began to preach, and boy, God began to move. God began to save souls. 
And uh, that little mountain church where I was at, they had this mentality that their perimeter was about one mile around that church. And anybody went outside of that that came in, they wasn't welcome. They wasn't love, preacher. They wasn't welcome at all. You know, I did real good. First few months, I was hired, and we got outside of their perimeter. And we, we started bringing them folk in, and folks started coming in high from up in the North Wilkesboro area, out of the mountain and other places. And sinners started getting saved. Are you listening? Well, I won't tell you what long. The devil got real upset. And I, I thought, well, this is going so good. My home church, I come out of my wife and I rent a church bus before, before I ever started pastoring. And I thought, man, it went good in my church where I was at. My home church, so I think we'll buy a church bus here. Son, I tore their gallbladder out. I'm telling you, when we started bringing them little youngins in, that was dirty. How they weren't clean. They was dirty. The clothes was dirty. How we'd pick them up on Sunday morning, get them out of the bed, help them get ready, give them something to eat, wash your face, put them on the bus, bring them to church. Man, that bunch of Pharisees. Yeah, I'm telling you, friend, that, that they could not handle that. And, and I, I know that's back 1970, middle 70s, early middle 70s. And I probably would have done a little different. Had it been now, but I, I just I just want to see people get saved. We brought them youngins in, and son, I'm telling you, you either control them or they'll control you. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't learned that lesson back in those days. They jump up pews, they they jump up down on the pews, they'd wipe her nose, put boogers on the pews. Are y'all hearing me? And uh, oh my, that crowd that got very upset. Are you hearing me? And uh, Boy, I thought my soul. I can't believe they hate them youngins. I can't believe they hate them children. Hear me tonight. You'd be shocked if Jesus come to town tonight. Hello, I'm telling you tonight. I know where he would go. Aren't you glad he goes to the unreached tonight? He goes to the unloved tonight. Do you know how it feels to be unloved? When I was growing up, my dad pastored and worked a job and farmed. There were seven in our family. And uh, we was very poor people. We didn't have anything at all, hardly. Had food to eat, bed to sleep in. And uh, <laughs> that uh, the poor people down the road had referenced us as the poorer people. I remember going to school with patches. I'm talking about, they don't do it now. You people buy those blue jeans that's got holes everywhere. You get cheated. God help you. No, listen, you get, you ought to get your money back. Huh? But I, I, when we went to school, we actually had really wore patches on our clothes to cover up holes. And I remember how it was in them days. Those upper class children, those big shots, if you will, they would laugh at us, preacher. How those mountain kids, they laugh. I know how it feels tonight to be unloved tonight. And I'm glad tonight Jesus loves the unlovable. I don't care who they are, thank God. He loves the unlovable tonight. 
I promise you, there's a crowd in this county that a lot of churches will not give the time of the day to. And I'm glad I'm in a church tonight. I believe with all my heart that love sinners tonight. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter whether they stink or not. It doesn't matter whether they're clean or not. Hey, Jesus loves sinners tonight. He goes to the unreached. He goes to the unloved. But look at verse 15. He goes to the unholy. Watch this verse. Bible, and the woman saith unto him, verse 15, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come to draw. Jesus saith unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. And of course the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus rebukes her. You see, she's shacked up. She's living in adultery. Her life is in a mess. And can I say this tonight? Aren't you glad Jesus loves the unholy? You say they need to quit that. They'll never quit that. They can't quit that. They're not going to quit lying, cheating, stealing, committing adultery, drinking liquor, shooting drugs. They're not going to quit smoking juju weed until they get saved by the grace of God. And when they get saved, are you listening? (laughs) Oh, yeah, he'll change it. And I'll say this tonight. He goes to the unloved. He goes to the unholy. Her life is in a mess. And again, can I just say this to you tonight? The average church will not give her the time of the day. They won't want her around. But I'm glad Jesus want her around. Watch this right here. Look at verse number six. Bible said in verse six, now Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore being weary with his journey, and sat there on the well. And it was, I thought this was interesting. It's about what time? Somebody help me. Sixth hour. You know when that is? That's the middle of the day. You know when they come to draw water? They come to draw water early in the morning. They didn't come in the middle of the day. They come early in the morning or either late in the evening because of the heat of the day. You say, why did she come in the middle of the day? Simply because she was the conversation piece around the well. No doubt them women, she may have been living with one of them women's husbands. I, I'm talking about unholy. Are y'all hearing me preach? She's unholy. Are you hearing me tonight? Her life is in a mess tonight. Aren't you glad Jesus got? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Jesus goes to those that are unholy tonight. Oh, yes, sir. I, I, I want to say tonight, it doesn't matter again about that. And, and let me just say this tonight. They'll never get straightened out till they get saved. They'll never get straightened out till they get saved. And uh, I remember many, many years ago, many years ago, many years ago, and uh, I, I just said got saved. And I smoked Marlboros. Yeah, and Marlboros. And I, I, and I knew it was wrong. I knew it was a bad testimony. I knew it wasn't good. My pastor preached against it. And uh, so I, I, I decided I was going to quit. And uh, you know what I'd do? I'd go four, five, six hours. And I, I, would, uh, I, would, uh, I wouldn't smoke. After about six or seven hours, Bless God, I'd smoke a half a pack at one time. I, I'd want them so bad. I'd want them so bad. I, I'd, I'd get those things and smoke them. Uh, are you hearing me? And until God spoke to my heart and God smoked me in the heart, he'll help you tonight. Oh, yes, sir. He'll change you tonight. He goes to the unholy tonight. Then I want to say quickly, and I want to get to my thought. He didn't only go to the unreached. He went to the unloved. He went to the unholy. But can I say this real quick? He went to the undeserving. 
He went to the undeserving. I read this again today. We're not going to take time to turn, but in Matthew chapter five or Matthew ten, he sends those disciples out, gives them the commission to go out to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And here's what he said. He said, "Don't go to the Gentiles, nor Samaritans." That's who he said not go to. Uh, the unreached people, of course, that changes when you get all over in the Gospel of Matthew. And he goes to everybody. And I'll say this to you now. He goes to the undeserving tonight. Right. Can I say this to you real quick? There's not a one of us in this room that deserves the grace of God. Yeah. I got what I deserve. I know where I would be tonight. I know where I'd be. I'm telling you, I was undeserving. I was lost without Christ on my road to hell 54 years ago. And thank God he come down Blackman Street and run to North Carolina and found me that night. Very undeserving. Now, and by the way, can I say this? I shall never forget that night. The 22nd day of October, 1970. Somebody hold my mute while I shout. The 22nd day of October 1970, on a Thursday night, I never will forget this, I was dating my girlfriend. She's been my girlfriend 55 years, still is. And we was, the only way I could go see her on a Thursday and not the weekend was go to church. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't care anything about church. And... Uh, so on that Thursday night, they was having their uh, fall revival at Mountain View Baptist Church. And uh, her mom agreed to let me go to church with her that night. And so I went out, picked her up, went to church that night. And boy, I want to tell you, God spoke to my heart. But he really spoke to my heart before I got there. About three months before that, my daddy told me one night, said, uh, why don't you go to church with me tonight? I said, I ain't going. I was a young teenager. I said, I'm not going. I said, I don't care anything about it. It's not my crowd. They don't sing what I want to hear. That's just not my, no, I don't think I'm going to go. He said, you need to go hear this man preach. I said, why? He said, he's on radio from coast to coast. I said, is he a movie star? He said, yeah. (laughs) And I went and heard that man that night. It's about three months before I got saved. And I never will forget that night when they introduced the preacher. He was short, fat, black-headed, and bald-headed, and his name was Brother Mays, carrying a red Bible. <laughs> yeah, and old Brother Mays got up that night and preached. I think he preached on the prodigal son. And I was sitting about halfway back on that outside aisle. That's one of the only times in my life I ever raised my hand as a sinner. God spoke to my heart. And for the next three months, I couldn't sleep. Hey, I couldn't do anything. I was in a bad shape. Are you listening? So that Thursday night, Jan said, I want you to go to church. Let's go to church. I said, I'll come go with you. Boy, the couch preached that night. I never will forget it. He got done preaching. I was already under conviction. He got done preaching. When he got done preaching, I wrestled through that invitation. We got outside. I took her home just down the road about a mile from the church and turned into their driveway. She started to get out. She loved God. She knew the Lord. I don't know what in the world she's doing messing with me, but she loved the Lord. Taught a Sunday school class. She started to get out of the car, and I said, wait a minute. Man, I began to weep. I said, I need somebody to pray with me. I said, I need something. Man, I, I need something. I said, uh, I'm going to go get Daddy out of the bed and get pray with me. Will you go with me? She said, let me go ask Mom. And she ran in and asked Mom and came back out. And boy, I never will forget it. She come out, got in the car, drove down the road 12 miles. 
My dad's laying on the couch asleep. He worked a midnight shift, getting ready to go to work. I, I woke him up, and when I walked in, I told my mom, I said, uh, I said, wake him up. She said, what's the matter? I, I said, I, I, I need him to pray with me. I think here's what she said. What have you done now? <laughs> I said, I need him to pray with me. And boy, she got my daddy up. My daddy didn't read me the Romans road. Our daddy didn't go down to Romans to, 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 uh, to, uh, to 323. He didn't read any of that. He, I got down on my knees. He said, son, the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And here's his words. Boy, if you've ever prayed, you pray. Boy, I got, hey, 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 are y'all hearing me? I'm telling you something happened that night. Aren't you glad he comes to the undeserving tonight? Those that ought to be in hell. I took her back home. And I started down the Rock Creek Road. And during them years, I'd always held my radio on Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hello, gray-headed people. And <laughs> Fort Wayne, Indiana. Went down, down, down to a hello. I enjoyed that kind of stuff. But that night I started back down that road. I cut that radio off. And I started singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Cause the Bible. <laughs> hey, I, two, hours, two hours early, I thought that's the dumbest song in the world. I will take 54 years later. I'm still singing it, thank God. He goes to the undeserved. He goes to the undeserved. Now, I want to give an illustration. I'm done. I want to ask you a question. Where's your Samaritan tonight? Where, where's it at tonight? Where's your Samaritan tonight? I don't know where it's at, but I know you've got one tonight. And I'll tell you, Jesus loves sinners tonight. He, he, I'm telling you, he loves sinners tonight. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised in this community who don't know one thing about God being saved. Last time I preached here, I don't know if you remember this or not. Last time I preached here, I witnessed a lady right over here in the motel. Ringo, was it Ringo? And uh, I asked her about being born again. She didn't have a clue what that meant. About 10 minutes later, she knew what it meant. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Hey, hear me tonight. Where's your Samaria tonight? We ought to go to the unloved. Hey, we ought to go to the unreached tonight. We ought to go to the unholy tonight. We ought to go to the undeserving tonight. Where is your Samaria tonight? Might be your neighbor. Might be your school friend. Might be the man down at the store. Might be the doctor's office. It might be the county jail. Might be your bus route. I, I don't know where your Samaria is. And can I just say this real quick? You will reach people that he will never reach. And he'll reach people that you'll never reach. Now, where is your Samaria tonight? One of the greatest soul winners I ever met in my life, my daddy. My daddy was an old-fashioned soul winner. And where we lived, in the area where my wife come from, was the bootleg capital of the world in 1960, 61, 62. There's a place there called Cutthroat Ridge. Uh, I preach there quite often in that area. There's a little church in that area that supports my wife and I every month. Cutthroat Ridge, Trap Hill, North Carolina. There'd been more moonshine made in that part of the world and anywhere in the world and probably still is. Uh, probably grow juju weed now, but anyhow, I, my daddy would go to Cutthroat Ridge 
on Sunday afternoon soul winning. One of the roughest places in North Carolina. I'm telling you, he led them drunks to God. I met a guy the other day. I'll, I'll tell you this real quick. I met a guy the other day, and he said, uh, I never will forget your daddy. I said, why? He said, your daddy messed me up. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I went to the bootlegger's house a number of times to load up to haul it. And he'd be in the house. <laughs> are are y'all hearing me? Now, I know some of you wouldn't do that. And I know some of you wouldn't go to the unholy. And I know some of you wouldn't go to those that are unloved and those that are dirty and those that's got tattoos all over them and those that stink and I don't take, I know a lot of people have nothing to do with them. But I'm glad Jesus loves sinners tonight. I don't care who they are, thank God. He loves sinners tonight. Are you hearing me? Preacher asked me if I'd do this. I did it yesterday. I'll take just a second. I never will forget. When I was pastoring. One Saturday afternoon, I was, God bless you Rock of Ages people. Pray for me. One Saturday afternoon, I was getting ready to take my girlfriend to supper. We'd been busy that day at the church, and that afternoon I, I was going to take her out to supper. I'm going up Booger Swamp Road. Really, it is Booger Swamp Road, right above the parsonage where I live. I'm going up Booger Swamp Road, going to wind up in Johnsville, going to the Cracker Barrel. When I'm going up Booger Swamp Road, here comes this guy right here. I don't go to Cracker Barrel no more. I hope ain't nobody in here likes it, but here. This guy right here come down the road. At this time, he was probably 65 years old, riding a bicycle. The reason he rode a bicycle, he didn't have no license in 50 years. Been in every prison in the country. Mean as a striped snake. He'd cut your throat, stand there and laugh at you while you bleed. I'm telling the truth. This guy I'm talking about tonight was stood about this tall and uh, just about the size of this preacher right here. He wasn't a big guy at all. His name is Vance. And Vance is coming down the road, didn't have any teeth. Probably got him knocked out. One of the meanest men I ever met in my life is this man right here. Matter of fact, our sheriff told me back in those days, he said, when we go get Vance, we send five deputies. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I'm talking about somebody rough. I'm talking about rough. Old Vance come riding that bicycle down that road. And I met him and I was going up to take my girlfriend out. And I said to myself, that heathen will steal everything in the parsonage before I get back. And when I said that, ma'am, the Holy Ghost rebuked me. Spirit of God said, don't call him a heathen till you first of all try to win him to God. Now, I, I, I thought about him a lot of times. I thought about him a lot of times. And the only reason I hadn't been to see him, he'd knock your head off. Now, he wasn't going to hurt me. I have a friend I carry with me if I need to. I mean, I wasn't going to let him hurt me, but I didn't want to get in a fight with him. And the Holy Ghost said, don't call him a heathen. Under first of all, you tell him about Jesus. Look here where he lived. This is his old house. See that? He didn't live in that house. He lived in that hole. 
He didn't live in the house. That's the house. Wasn't no power on it. It was falling in. He lived down in that hole. And down under that hole, under that house, water was probably this deep. Cat carcasses, Budweiser cans, office stinkingest mess I've ever seen in my life. That's where he lived. And boy, I want to tell you, God smote my heart to old Vance and said, you need to go see him. So on Sunday night in our prayer room at our church, there was probably 50 men in the prayer room that night. I said, fellas, I said, God has spoke to my heart about going to see Vance Calloway. Everybody in the county knows. Biggest thief in the world is this guy right here. He stole more stuff. I guarantee he stole 10,000 bicycles. Biggest thief I ever met in my life, that guy right there. And uh, in the church on Sunday night, I told the church, I told my man to pray with him, I said, uh, I'm going to go see Vance Saturday. Vance needs God. And preacher, when I said that, you know what those guys done? They started sniggering. They really started, they really laughed. They couldn't believe I said I was going to go see Vance. Well, nobody messed with this guy. And I said, no, fellas, I'm serious. God has broke my heart for Vance. And I'm going to go see him Saturday. So the next Saturday, we was having our bus meeting. We got down to our bus meeting. I had some stuff I had to do in the office before I left. Got my work done about 11 o'clock. Started up Booger Swamp Road. He lived above Booger Swamp Road. And I was going up Booger Swamp Road, and I met Jason Anderson, one of the guys that's cooking at Rock of Ages this week. And Jason's coming down the road, my bus worker. And he stopped, and I said, where you been, Jason? He said, I've been to see Vance. I said, do what? He said, I went to see Vance. And me about, hey, man, I want to go see him. I said, well, what did he say? He said, he's going to ride my bus tomorrow. I said, do what? He said, he's going to ride my bus tomorrow. This is the Sunday morning. That's the Sunday morning. Right there he is on the bus. Take his picture on the bus. Right there he is. Riding that bus, coming to church. Right there he is. I'll let the rest of y'all see this after service for $2. But anyhow, he, uh, there he is on the bus. Coming to church. That Sunday morning, we had a big crowd, three or four, five hundred something. And uh, old Vance come in that day. Our church had four rows of pews in it. Old Vance come in that day, and when he come in, here's how he done. And come all the way down to the front, preacher, and sit down right here and look straight at me. I mean, on the front row. And sit down. And when he come down that aisle, this to this. They couldn't believe what they was seeing. Vance come in and sit down on that front row. During Easter season, I'm preaching on the sayings of the cross leading up to the resurrection. That Sunday morning, God had put in my heart to preach on the thief on the cross. And the booker man said, if you do that, he'll kill you. I said, he'll just have to kill me because he done put it in my heart to preach it. I preached that morning on the thief on the cross, how he got saved. And buddy, when I got done preaching, that's Callaway. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Raised his hand before I could even get the invitation started. And didn't only raise his hand, he come and fell right beside the pulpit where I was preaching. One of my deacons come up, got down beside of him, talked with him a good long while, led old Vance to Christ, and got born into the family of God. 
You, you just don't know who I'm talking about tonight. He got saved. I'm one of the wickedest men. Vilest mouth. Wicked as a devil. Uh, this is what he would wear. This is his old hat. That's what he wore. That's what he drank. Budweiser. And uh, old Vance got saved. After Vance got saved, on Monday morning, I'm sitting in my office. Chief of police was one of my trustees in my church. I'm sitting there about 10 o'clock in my office on Monday. The phone rings. Chief Park says, they have called up here from the plaza. There's a little store down there. Family Dollar Store, grocery store. They called up here from the plaza, and Vance is down there. Now, normally when they call, they're putting him in jail because he's either shoplifting or fighting or stealing. And he called and said, they have called up here from the plaza and said, Vance Calloway's down here. I thought, oh, no. I said, what did they say? They said, Vance is down here giving out Bibles and gospel tracts. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I have never in my life seen any God turn anybody around like he turned Vance Calloway around. Jesus loves sinners. Several weeks went by. One day my phone rang. The jailer, I'm the chaplain of the jail in our county. Jailer called me and said, Preacher, you need to come over here. I said, what's the matter, Barry? He said, I got Vance in jail. I said, do what? He said, I got Vance in jail. I said, get him up. Get him up. Get him up in the room. I'm coming. When I got over, I said, Vance, what are you doing? He said, preacher, a year ago, I got caught carrying an old pistol down my pocket. He's a convicted felon. You can't have a gun. And one of my preacher boys, which was an officer, arrested him and put him in jail because he can't carry a pistol with a convicted felon and put him in jail. And that had never been tried. This is on, I think, like maybe a Thursday. And I said, Vance, if you'd have told me that, you wouldn't be in jail right now. You wouldn't even have to go. I'd got you out of that. He said, no, preacher. I did that before I got saved, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to bother the church with it. He said, I, I, they're going to judge call for me to be put in jail. They're going to try me Monday. And said, uh, everything will be fine. I did it before I got saved. I said, Vance, I wish you'd have told me you'd have never got put in jail. Monday morning, get this. Monday morning, he goes to court. And when he goes to court, you just have to know Vance Calloway. He wasn't the smartest thing to do. Judge looked at him. Oh, Vance, I don't have any teeth, just... Rough looking. Judge looked at him and said, Mr. Callaway said, uh, do you want us to point your attorney or are you going to represent yourself? Vance said, Judge, I'm going to represent myself and I want 12 in the box. <laughs> Jurors. And uh, the judge thought he was crazy. This is a God's truth. Ordered him to a mental hospital for 40 days. Dorothy Dix Hospital, Raleigh, North Carolina. Because he thought he'd lost his mind. Thought he was crazy. And they took him off to the mental hospital. 40 days. I'm standing at the parsonage getting ready to go to church on a Wednesday afternoon. 
I look up the road. Guess who's coming down the road? <laughs> Here come bats just a, just a humping it down the road. And uh, kept in three days. What happened when he got to the mental hospital, he got to telling everybody about Jesus. And they called the sheriff's department and said, come get that man, he ain't crazy. <laughs> and brought him back. Yep. And here come, here come bats down the road. Man alive. Are y'all, listen, you just don't, you don't know, you just don't understand what I'm saying. That turned our county upside. Aren't you glad Jesus loves sinners? Absolutely turned the county upside down for God. And I never will forget, four or five years, he did great. I mean, absolutely done great. He loved me. And I'll tell you right now, if you said anything about Preacher Barker to Vance Calloway, he'd change color your spit real quick. You didn't talk about his preacher, his church. He, he was saved, but he wasn't fully sanctified all year. And I'm telling you, he loved God. He loved the Lord. Well, Vance, for about four or five years, did great. There come a day Vance got sick and uh, got cancer. And you know the story. He goes through all the deals, treatments, whole nine yards. And come that day that getting ready to cross the river. And he did cross the river. And I know we'll forget this. Did his graduation. Didn't have a family. Doesn't have a family. We got that whole house fixed it after he got saved. Put power on it so he could get in his house. Loved him. And I, and, and, and I, I know we'll forget this. this these, these pictures here. That's when he rode the bus. This is probably... Uh, this right here, this is probably the night I baptized him. And our ladies, some of our ladies in our church bought him a white shirt. He never had a white shirt. Uh, that may have been the night I baptized him because that's the night I gave him his Bible. And uh, oh my, are y'all hearing me? You say, preacher, I don't want anything to do with anybody like that. That's why I'm going to give an invitation in just a minute. Are you listening? And I never will forget, old Vance got sick, got that cancer. Got worse and got worse and got worse. Make a long story short, by the way, after Vance got saved, he took that Budweiser hat off and he put that hat on. That's Vance's dirt on that hat. I'm never going to wash it. That's, it's, that's his nasty hat. That's it. He took that one off. Hello, Tokyo. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Boy, old Vance... Funeral home there in our county, he loved him. They seen what God had done for him. No, David was good to him. Give him a nice burial. I'm standing to the end of his coffin. We're getting ready to do his graduation service. That hat's laid on Vance's chest. And I looked down at Vance. And I said, hey, buddy, I'll tell you something. I'll promise you. As long as I'm alive, you'll never die. I'll promise you that. And I've took that old hat out of that coffin right there it is. I've carried that hat all over the country. I don't know how many people I've seen do business with God over that testimony. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to close. My time's up. Right now it's 20 minutes after 7. I'm done. Are you listening? That's Alabama time, but listen to me. Have you got a Vance? I wonder if there's somebody in this room tonight. Preacher, am I okay? Am I okay walking back here? 
Have you got a Vance tonight? Have you got a Samaria tonight? Have you got a Vance that's on your mind and your heart tonight that seems like everybody else has given up on? Nobody else cares. Can I tell you something tonight? They'll go to hell if somebody don't reach them. And I'll tell you tonight, Jesus died for them. I don't care how unholy they are. I don't care how wicked they are. I don't care how vile they are. My last church I pastored, we had a lot of people saved out of the jail ministry. A lot. And when they got saved, they'd come join the church. I was telling Rock of Ages this week, I, I go into jail every week when I'm at home. And by the way, they had four saved today in jail at home. Isn't that good? Amen. But, 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 but I, I go to jail there. We see those guys get saved in jail. And there's a church right above where I live, two minutes above my, three minutes above my house. Those guys get saved. And the guy pastors that church, Independent Baptist Church, he goes, we've been to jail. When they get saved and get out of jail, they live in that area, they go to Charlie's church. I was up there preaching some time ago. I don't know how many's in there that we won to God in jail. And what's the good about it? One of them guys that got saved in jail brought his mom up part of the church that week, and she got saved 72 years old. Jesus loves sinners. Have you got a Vance? Have you got a loved one? Have you got somebody? Are you hearing me tonight? Somebody go to the piano so I'll quit. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, help us tonight. Oh, God, help us tonight. God, I, I, want, I want more of a burden for souls. Lord, I want to go to the unreached. I want to go to the unloved. Lord, I want to go to those that nobody else cares anything about. 